Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. How many people in here knew that Dan could play the banjo? No one knew that Dan could play the banjo? Dan can't play the banjo. That's not a banjo. That's a, called a banjitar. It's a guitar that looks like and sounds like a banjo. He's cheating. Yep. But it's pretty awesome. Well, um, we're going to pause today on Romans. We're going to hit the pause button because I wanted to talk about the last six years. Um, and I wanted to share the title of the sermon is Six Lessons uh, uh, learned over the past six years. That's the title of the message today. Six lessons learned over the last six years. And before I start, Lynn, can you come on up here, please? Can you make your way on up here? So Lynn thought he was going to sneak out later on, but he's not going to. He's going to come on up here. So come on up here, dude. Can you be a little quicker, Lynn? But anyway, so <laughs> anyway, hey, listen. I know. Hey, listen. Uh, I call Lynn up here because because the truth of the matter is is that um, I'm the one that gets all of the praise or gets all of the um, accolades and not blame sometimes, but I get all the accolades and I get all of the cheers and when I see people out in the community they're like oh man we love what you're doing over there and blah 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 but the truth of the matter is is that Lynn doesn't get hardly any of that and he deserves every bit of that and so Lynn I love you brother and I'm proud to be your partner in crime and I'd like for you guys to give Lynn a hand for everything he's done for the last six years I appreciate you I love you I love you yeah I think that deserves a standing voice no seriously I think that deserves that thank you so much I appreciate you Lynn I appreciate you. Lynn wants to work behind the scenes and he wants to do those things. And, um, you know, he does so much. And so many times uh, I get to, I, uh, unfortunately, this is a bad choice on y'all's part, but I get to get be the face of the ministry, which is like, I've got a face for radio. Trust me. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I get to be the face of the ministry and he, um, is, for the last six years, has been in the background. And over this week, I've been thinking a lot about, because today is our, our six year our birthday, a six-year birthday, and I've been thinking a lot about various things that have occurred. You'll see this bucket up here. Um, can I ask a favor of anybody? Uh, does, does, is there anyone that still has this bucket? Raise your hand if you still have the bucket. Yes? Y'all still have the bucket? You still have the bucket? Cool. So this bucket, you might ask, it says 3616. This bucket, the night before we launched on, on, on the 6th, uh, on March, on March uh, 5th, we actually met. And everyone who was part of our plant church, what they did is they actually got one of these buckets and it had some styrofoam and it had some stuff in it, but it represented us planting. And I said, I want you to take this bucket and I want you to put it, put it somewhere in your house where you can see it. And as you do pray and don't forget, don't forget 
what we're going to do tomorrow. This will be a constant reminder of what we, have, what we are going to do tomorrow and what God is going to do through us. And more than that, it's going to show you the power of God and what He can do. And so every family that came and joined that night got one of these buckets. Our bucket sits on our, on our fireplace right there. We always have it there. It's, it's always sitting there because it's a constant reminder of what God has done. And so that's why today Lynn thought we needed to have the bucket up here because it represents everything that God has done. And I'll tell you, it's been a crazy ride. Today I thought what I would do is, is I would give you six lessons that I've learned over the past six years. And I, and I, I know and for those that are here visiting or for those who, listen, this is not going to be one of those, hey, y'all remember when sermons, okay? It's going to be something I, want, I never want to be up here, get up here and do something that's not, not going to give you some meat to take home. Are, are, you, are, you, are you with me? I want to give you some meat to take home. And I think you could learn a lot from what it is we're going to talk about today. And so there's six things that I've learned over six years. And I believe me, I've learned a lot more. Uh, but these six things are things that really uh, stuck out to me. And, and Lynn and I have discussed some of these things as well over a period of time. But these six things of what I've learned uh, over the last six years of planning this church. And the first one is this. Your plan and God's plan are often different. I want you to get that. Your plan and God's plan are often different. Proverbs 16.9 says this. It says, we can make our plan, but the Lord determines our steps. We can make our plan, but the Lord determines our steps. I want you to understand something that when we first planted this church, here was my thought process. Lynn and I would go and meet in restaurants and we would sit and we would plan out, okay, what do you think we're going to be? What, what do we need to do here? What do we need to do there? We wanted to do that for the first couple months before we actually launched. But the people that were going to join us said, hey, we want to do practice church every Sunday. So we did practice church every Sunday. And uh, we got permission to use the high school. We started at East Coweta High School. And when we would, Lynn and I would meet though, we would say, okay, this is what I think probably going to be about five years is, is the thought process is, hey, we'll probably be at the school around five years. And in that time, what we need to do is, is we need to try to save up some money, right? Because the school was only charging us around between eight and $900. Usually it was like $840 or something like that uh, is what they were charging us a month. And we were we were taking that, and we were we were we were uh, we would come in every Sunday morning, um, and we would uh, get everything set up. So we had a portable stage that the school let us use, and so and that stage was really heavy. There's a lot of college students that are not here right now, uh, and there's a couple of kids that have already graduated college. And if they were here to tell you, they would tell you that stage was heavy. <laughs> it was in sections, and even if it rolled, it was still super heavy. And so we would set up the stage. We, to this day, still have, we still have um, around $2,800 worth of black curtains in the back. They're called pipe and drape. We have those in the back. They're all stored in the back. That's, and we also still have a trailer that was donated. One of the members just gave us a trailer. Um, we have those in the back just in case uh, all you guys get sick of me. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, fine, we'll go somewhere else. Uh, so, but no, seriously, we have all those things in the back. We've let other churches use those. The schools use those. But what we would do is, is we had a crew that would get there at 8 a.m., 
And they would get there sometimes 7, sometimes 7.30. And they would actually start and they would do the pipe and drape. We would have the stage set up. We would set up portable chairs. Uh, I told people I could always tell uh, the people that, that uh, experienced the hard chairs at Central, I mean at, at, uh, at EC. Because they came over here and they fell in love with these because the chairs at, at EC were the kinds where once you've sat there for about an hour, you kind of walk like, you know what I'm saying? You kind of walk out to your car because, I mean, they were not comfortable. They were like hardcore metal, nothing perfect, right? But we would do that. We ended up getting two televisions and, and put them on either side. Uh, but at first we had a drop down screen that we could control some, but not a lot. Um, we had a lot of things like that. And so... But we would have this crew that would come in and they would set up everything. And so my thought is, is let's build, a, let's build an outbuilding and see if we can get permission to build an outbuilding. And so we did. We built a little outbuilding right outside the cafeteria and we would store all of our stuff in there so we didn't have to take it back and forth. Well, my thought was we were going to be there about five, maybe five years and we would save up money and the core group would start inviting friends. And then we would need a smaller area, but it would need to be bigger than the cafeteria and then we would slowly work toward getting something a little more permanent. That's what we would do. We would slowly work on doing that. That was my plan. But can I tell you something? And I want you to learn this with me over the last six years is that God's plan oftentimes is much larger than our plan. I want you to get that. I don't want you to miss that. God's plan is oftentimes larger than our plan. Because what we do is, is when we look and what Lynn and I did is when we looked, we said, okay, we can do this. This is what we can do. But what we failed to do is, is to say, well, this is what God can do. And so our plan oftentimes is, is not as large as God's plan. And he doesn't tell you what he's going to do, because if he did, it would scare you. He, it would, it would scare you. I think of the scriptures and I think about Abraham. Abraham, huge plan God had for him, but he didn't tell him. He just said, I want you to go. I think of David being anointed at the age of 13 or 14 years old. God had huge plans for him, but it wouldn't be until he was 30 when they were launched. The disciples, God had huge plans for them. Yet there wasn't a lot told because they would be fearful. What we do is, you guys, is we get in our minds what's going to happen and I want to tell you something, most of the time that's wrong. And how things are going to play out most of the time, that's wrong. God's plans most of the time are larger than our plans. And your plan and God's plan is different. And I want to continue with that and tell you this. God will provide, and this is the second point. God will provide, but rarely how you expect. I want you to get that. So your plan is often different than God's plan and God will provide, but rarely how you expect. So Lynn and I would sit in a booth and we would talk and we would say, hey, listen, because we were trying to figure out. And by the way, uh, Lynn, I never missed a paycheck. I was getting paid from a previous church for a couple months and then the church kicked in right at the end of that. So I never missed a paycheck. Now, I will tell you the numerical numbers on the paycheck decreased significantly. But I did never miss a paycheck. I never did. But I'll tell you this. Lynn did. As a matter of fact, Lynn worked here for eight months with not one penny. He did it for free. And then what we did end up being able to pay him, I was, I was almost embarrassed to give it to him. Are you with me? 
But he was, willing, he was willing to take it, and we continued to roll forward. But we would sit in a booth, and we would talk about how, how listen, this is what, if we could just get this, if we could just get this amount, then this would be, and we were very financially conservative, by the way. But if we could just get this, this is what we would do. And we both have had a firm commitment to not go into debt. We don't want to go into debt because both of us have seen what happens when churches go into debt. When churches go into major debt, what happens is, is you become beholden to those that are the biggest givers. And I don't want to be beholden to anybody. I want to accept God, period. And so I was like, well, we can't do that. We know we're not going to go into debt. So, so let's see what we can do. And we would start trying to figure these things out. And I want to tell you something. Time and time and time again, God has amazed us at what he's done. As a matter of fact, Matthew 6.33 says this, and I read this a lot to you. But it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I don't know if you guys know the full story of how we moved over to this location, but I want to share it with you briefly. So there was a lady whose kids went to Central, and the, the lady whose kids went to Central, she, she said, hey, listen, there's a Korean church that, that meets at the school, and uh, they, they aren't going to meet here anymore. And they're going to they're, they're leave, and I would like for us to maybe think about moving over to this, this maybe if we could rent and at that time, we were, holding, we were hosting church at 10 a.m. <clears throat> at the school. And so uh, Lynn wanted to, uh, he, he, he wanted to come and investigate it. So we did. We came over and we talked, uh, for, uh, we talked for about three hours to uh, Pastor Ron McCurry here. Now, if you don't know Ron McCurry, uh, that's normal. Three hours was normal. Okay? Ron didn't say anything uh, in a short time period. Everything was extended version. He did the extended version of every conversation. And so we did. We took him over and we had some, some barbecue across the street and we talked to him about our idea. And he laid out, he laid out, he said, well, it could possibly work. Let me think about it. And so it took him about two weeks and he got back with us and he said, yes, uh, let's negotiate a price. And I said, okay. Uh, and it was, it was not significantly more than the school, but it was, it was around 1250 bucks a month. And that was for the use of the sanctuary. And we had to do our services at 1115. I said, hey, listen, would it, be, would it be possible for you guys to move your services up just 30 minutes? And, and, and he said, yeah, I'll let you know. And then like two days later, he said, no, that's not possible. And I was like, okay, 1115 sounds perfect. And so we came over here and it was 1115. And so for about eight or nine months, we literally rented. And by the way, um, uh, uh, the worship team wanted to come and our leadership team wanted to come and uh, Lynn wanted to come um, and our staff wanted to come and I did not want to come over here. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to do that. And um, the people that were coming to the church, you know, they were like, and we hadn't told them much anything, but we kind of discussed it. And finally, my wife looked at me and she said, we're going. This is it. I mean, <laughs> Wendy was like, what are you doing? I said, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I feel comfortable yet. And she said, well, everybody else is comfortable. Get on board and come on. And so um, being the godly man I am, I said, yes, dear. And, and uh, we, uh, we did, though. We decided to come. 
she was not sure in that. Uh, but she did say, she said, listen, you got, and this is having a, a wise wife. She said, listen, you got a bunch of godly people around you that are feeling like this is what God wants to do. And they're your counsel and you need to listen to your counsel. If it was just one or two, it'd be different, but it's all of them. And you're the only stubborn person not wanting to come. So I said, fine, I'll come. Um, and so we came over here and we basically just kind of, Lynn and I still work from home. We basically just kind of hung out. Well, what ended up happening was tragically is that Pastor Ron passed away. He died tragically and he, he left a huge hole here for the church that was here. And literally a couple of days after the funeral, we met with Roy Davis, who you guys all know Roy. Uh, he hates us. He's, hey, Roy, if you're watching from, from Florida, he's out helping family in Florida again. So uh, anyway, so, but uh, Don's his brother right here. He's laughing. But uh, Roy, Roy, uh, I met, we met with him and I said, hey, listen, you know, and he said, we want to keep the same relationship we have with you right now. And Lynn and I were like, well, that's great. We'd like to expand it a little bit. And he said, okay. And I said, and he, we told him what the, what the situation was. And he was like, oh my gosh, well, yeah, you guys can use the whole campus. I mean, just, yeah, let's, that sounds like a good idea. And then we said, hey, listen, we got another crazy idea. Because in the 18 months that we had been meeting at, at the school, about, about 18 months, we had been meeting at the school, we had, we had actually saved up money. And we had a ton of money in our savings account, 15 grand. I mean, we were rich. Lynn and I were walking different. We were like, man, it was crazy. And so we had this crazy idea. We said, hey, listen, um, um, we know that the church decorations and stuff for today's church is slightly, just ever so slightly outdated and that the carpet just barely needs to be replaced. And we have this, you know, those who came, those who know, the people at, at South, uh, South uh, Point are going, oh, the, the, we've got some people here that were in that former church. They were like, oh, yeah, it did. But anyway, so we decided, hey, we want to do that. And so what we did is, is we actually, we actually took our money that we had in our savings account and we took it down all the way. I think we took it down to six grand. I think we took it down just enough so that if everything else failed, Lynn and I would get one more check. I think that was pretty much it. It was like, hey, dude, we got one month and we're out. But uh, we actually ended up we, with a crew of people. We actually took up all of these, the flooring in here, all of it out there. And then halfway through, and Lynn and I spent six weeks along with Brandon. Brandon, you, you helped, didn't you? You ran that. Who else? RJ was here. Dan was here. Um, I know, Elijah, you were here. Uh, who else? Who else helped? Am I missing somebody? I don't want to miss you. Uh, I got brain fog from that time because it was such hard work. But we worked up here literally from about 8 to 8 every night doing these floors. And I know these floors may not mean a lot to you, but don't hate on my floors, bro. Because it took me six weeks to do this. It was hard work. And we ended up doing this for, for, uh, for that reason. Long story short, you guys, things continue to progress. And finally, finally... That other church approached us and said, hey, listen, we, we think we may want to join you guys. We want to talk to our church, but we think we may want to become one church. And guys, that's exactly what we did. We became one church. As a matter of fact, a lot of the new people here probably don't even know who the South Point people are. Because we became one church. And we became one family. And isn't it crazy how God provided this building 
these facilities. Do you really think it was a coincidence that all of these things happened? Don't you think that God foresaw what was going to occur? Don't you think that he saw what was going to happen? Don't you think that he saw the need we had and he looked at the need they were going to have and those things mixed perfectly? It was funny because whenever I said, he said, Roy and Don said, hey, listen, we, we, were, we, we think maybe we'd like to become one church. And I said, hey, man, that's great. And Roy looked at me and said, you don't even want to think about it? I said, no, man, what's there to think about? He said, well, we, you know, a lot of times when churches meet, people can be difficult. And I said, look, I've known you guys for a couple years. I'm good with y'all. Are you guys going to be okay with us? And then they started laughing and we were all good. And that's how it occurred. And all of a sudden, now, Lynn and I both have offices up here. The church has our whole functioning out of this portion of the building. And guess what? Not one red cent of debt. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. You can clap, y'all. That's... <laughs> Do you have any idea... Do you have any idea the gold mine that we set on today? We're a church in the most active part of town with a large facility. Listen, we had to get this thing appraised a while back. Uh, between five and six million dollars for this campus. Yeah. Yeah. Now listen, she's an old girl and we got to change the oil every once in a while, okay? All right. We got we to gotta change the spark plugs every once in a while. But can I tell you what? Can I tell you what? It, it's an amazing thing to see how God moves. And here's the craziest part. I had a friend tell me this. He said, I know you thought you planted the church. I know you thought you planted the church for you and your people. But man, that first five years... It had to be for that other church. And I was like, what? He said, I think it was for the other church. And I said, I've never thought about that. But I could not, listen, I could not have written, I could not have written out a better group of people to come and to know and to love and to join churches with. 100%. 100%. Hey, listen, yeah, yeah, you can, you can clap. Hey, listen, I want to do something I rarely do. But, but what we're doing right now, y'all, in this facility, what we're doing right now is we are living off the hard work and the blessings of those people that were here before us. If you're from South Point, would you stand up, please? Stand up, please. Stand up, please. Look around, you guys. Right there. Right there. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Thank you guys so much for trusting us. Thank you guys so much for trusting us. So I want to tell you something. God will provide, but rarely how you think it's going to happen. He will. Now here's the third part I want you to know. And this gets a little bit difficult. People will disappoint you. And you will disappoint people. And that's okay. I want you to hear that again. People will disappoint you and you will disappoint people, but that's okay. Whenever we first started, there was a lot of promises that were made by a lot of people. 
they were. I had went and met with a guy who had planted churches. Lynn and I had talked. I had talked to him. Lynn and I had talked and shared what he had said. And he said this. He said, listen, the people that you think were going to go the distance with you probably aren't going to look like the people that you think are going to go the distance with you. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, because people are going to disappoint you because your passion for the, for the vision and their passion for the vision may be different. But I want you to know something. He said, that's okay, because you're going to disappoint people as well. And both have happened. I want you to know something. In life, you guys, people are going to disappoint you. People are not going to show up. They're going to leave at bad times. They're going to betray your trust. But I want you to know the truth of the matter. There's a strong possibility that you may do the same thing to someone else. I have learned that being part of the human race is really tough. It is. And that we need God to walk alongside us. And that we're all made up of messed up people. And so one of the things that have helped me, besides having a therapist for a wife, my wife, one of the things that have helped me is, is to understand that people are going to disappoint me. They are. And they're not going to keep their word always. And I don't look at the world negatively, but I do anticipate that people are going to disappoint me. But I also recognize that I too will disappoint people. And that's okay. Because we're not perfect, but we serve a perfect God. Are you with me? And that's okay. The next thing is this. People have a strong desire to be real. Unless it's about them. James 1, 22 through 25 says this. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. And then it says, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. After one year of ministry, still being over at the school, Lynn and I, we used to meet every week. And I said, hey, man, I said, tell me, it's been a year. What do you, uh, what do you think, man? What have you learned? And this is what he told me. People have a strong desire to be real unless it is about them. We all love when people tell us what we want to hear, don't we? We love that. We all love being at unison at certain times. But I want to tell you something. People are less receptive when the issue is about them. They are. Everyone wants to be real until they are the focus and they are the one that needs to change. Everyone does. Everyone wants to be genuine. Everyone takes in those things. As a matter of fact, people will walk around wearing, you know, wearing, you know, uh, real church shirts and blah, 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 blah. And all. But here's the thing. Rarely do people want to do it whenever it's about them. If it's about them, it's different. And I want to teach you this, this concept. I want you to hear this. This is what the scripture says in Proverbs. Proverbs 27, 6 says this, and I've never forgotten this. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Another, another translation says this. It says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. Wounds from a friend 
can be trusted. What does that mean? It means this. I know this may shock you and this may be something that you that you are shocked by. But when people want to tell you or come and talk to you about certain things, unless they're just wacko, most of the time it's difficult to come and do that. It is a difficult thing. Most of the time people would rather just live their life and not worry about you. Are you with me? But if someone loves you enough to come and say, listen, brother, let me talk to you for a second about this thing. Or, hey, I want to ask you about this or ask you about that. I want you to know something. What that person says, if they are someone that you have allowed into your life, what that person says is from a place of sincerity. And those wounds, because it does hurt, those wounds can be trusted. You can trust that person. Because most of the time, most of the time, that person doesn't have anything. Uh, he didn't have any, anything in the game. Are you with me? There's nothing in the game. If you've allowed them into your life, if they are a trusted confidant. Now, let me say something to you. Don't just let any Tom, Dick, or Harry come around telling you what to do. And don't be, if anyone ever comes to you and says, God told me to tell you this. You tell them, look, God can speak to me just fine. I don't need God telling you to tell me. That's called gossip. I'm ready to hear it myself. Are you with me? That's what I want. But wounds from a friend can be trusted. And you all know you have a short, small circle of people that are, hopefully you do, in your inner circle. Those things can be trusted. There's nothing, a lot of people think that, that whenever, it's funny, I had people tell me this. Someone said, well, I know you were talking to me Sunday when I'm preaching. it, And I just want to say, I know this may shock you, but I never even thought about you. And we laugh. But here's the truth of the matter. I don't prepare these messages because of some issue that's going on. Are you with me? I follow right through Romans, what we're doing right now, and whatever's next is next. Now, oftentimes, God will take his word and pluck your heart and pluck my heart oftentimes too and draw us toward change. But one thing I've learned over six years is that everyone wants to be real unless it's about them. The next thing I've learned is this. God uses all of our successes and failures to mold us. He uses all of our successes and failures to mold us. Now listen, we all know that Lynn and I never made mistakes when we started planting this church. We didn't make any mistakes, not at all. I'll tell you one of the mistakes I made. Um, so I was in youth ministry forever. And, uh, when you're in youth ministry, you have, you always make a lot of t-shirts, right? You make a lot of t-shirts. I'm talking about a lot of t-shirts. And so I would make these t-shirts. And so whenever we first started doing the church, they were like, Hey, listen, um, we're going to, we're going to, uh, I said, dude, we need to get some t-shirts. Right. Um, and he was like, well, with, with what money? I said, well, let's wait until after people start giving and then let's get some T-shirts. Um, so we did. We, we, actually, we actually got some, uh, some T-shirts. And um, those T-shirts I designed. I said, listen, I'm really good at this, man. I'm really good at designing these shirts. And he was like, okay, cool. And uh, so I did. I designed these shirts. And everyone was so nice. You know, they were so nice. And I said, man, don't those look good? Oh, my gosh, those are just popping. And uh, they were like, yeah, yeah, I know. They, they really are nice, man. Um, and Wendy is walking back. Wendy, walk on up stage with me, honey, because you've got one of those shirts that I designed on. Come on up here. 
I think it looks good, but anyway. Literally this morning as she's trying this shirt on, she's like, I hate all of these shirts, but I want to wear a real church shirt. This shirt is so uncomfortable. I hate this. It's uncomfortable, right? So this is the shirt that I designed. Love God, love others, live real. Isn't that awesome? And I, and I use the same font for every shirt I ever designed. I like the design. The yes, like yes. The all right. So, all right. Don, you come up here. Come on up, Don. All right, Don, come on this side. This is the shirt that Lynn and Dan designed. I like this one better, don't you guys? No, no. All right, y'all can sit down. Thank you so much. So one of the things is, is I was like, yeah, I've designed these shirts. And basically every shirt looked the same, except it had a different slight little slogan on it, right? And Lynn said two things. He said, hey, man, look, can I talk to you about something? I said, sure. He said, these T-shirts you're designing. I said, man, they're the bomb, aren't they? He said, uh, they could be better. Lynn's never going to say, no, they stink. He said, well, they could be improved. I think the word improved is what he said. I said, really? What do I need to do? He said, well, do you mind if I try? And I was like, sure, because we had literally this is so funny. I just now realizing this. Gosh, I'm awful. Listen, we have we have as God is my witness. We still have those shirts in the back because no one wanted them. Because we do. We have a, a portion of them back in the back because no one wanted them. So. Lynn said, uh, uh, can I try? And I said, well, sure. And he showed me the design and the feel of the shirt. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever, dude. That's going to go over like a lead balloon. And we had to order like three different times because everyone loved them. Everyone loved them. Everyone loved them. Everybody. And I was like, oh, that's just beginner's luck. And then Wendy came home and she goes, the new shirts feel so soft. I just really like them. I think they're comfort colors. And I guess Lynn ordered the comfort colors. I ordered the uncomfortable colors. That's what I ordered. So, but anyway, so I looked to Lynn and I said, Lynn, I'm no longer going to design shirts anymore. And he said, I'm glad you see things my way. So if you don't like a shirt, it's Lynn's fault. And Dan also, Dan helps in the designs too. It is. And while I'm talking about that real quick, listen, I'm not cool enough to come up with all these logos and all these things in the back and all these multimedia things and all these things over here and these signage and all that kind of stuff. I'm not cool enough to do any of that. Every bit of that is Dan and Lynn. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. You know those things you get on, on Sunday mornings where all these text messages and you're like you push the link and you can come up with all the notes and all that kind of stuff and all the really cool, all the new space out there and how everything's all decorated up and everything. I don't do any of that. That's Miranda. Miranda does every bit of that. Miranda, Miranda, Miranda are you wearing one of my shirts? It says I'm home. I found it in the back. I know. <laughs> I know you did. It's so true. It's so true. But look, if you look at the design on this and the design on that, you'll see a common theme. Anyway, I needless to say, you guys, listen, God uses your failures and mistakes to mold you. He does. And you have to realize, you have to realize that after a while you have to say, look, man, my specialty is this. It's not designing shirts and it's not, you know, I do okay. I can look at something and say, and they still allow me to tweak out just the shirts they don't let me do anything with. I promise you when those shirts, Lynn said, hey, this is the design we're doing for the shirts. And I said, hey, I really like it. And Lynn never responded because it was like, dude, I don't care if you like it or not. This is the design we're doing for the shirts. 
But anyway, it was so, uh, it, I just have taken my hands completely off that. But it takes a whole group of people to come in and to set you up for success. And God takes our screw-ups and makes them something beautiful. That's why I like to call this whole thing a beautiful mess. And listen, he does the same thing for you. You may say, well, gosh, man, I've really failed in this area or that area. Don't throw that away. Keep that somewhere. Now, don't let it bother you. Don't let it be a record plan your whole life. But God's going to bring that back around. And he's going to do something incredible with it. Because he doesn't throw all that stuff away. He molds that into you. He molds that into you. See, at one time, I was the domain keeper of the t-shirts. And now, I'm shocked as you are when they show up. And that's how it needs to be. And you can do the same thing. Because he'll take those things and he will fix it. And the final thing is this, you guys. Even... In difficult times, it will all be worth it. It'll all be worth it. My ministry here consists of two parts. The first part is, is I want to show people Christ and I want to tell them about his goodness. That's it. In the realest way possible, I want to show people Christ and I want to tell him about his goodness. I want to, in this, here's the second one. I want to challenge people to not leave anything on the table in their lives. I want to challenge people not to leave anything on the table in their lives. I want to challenge people not to leave certain things unchallenged. There's no way I could have lived my life without being a lead pastor. There's no way. People always say, and I got friends that are like, man, you, you, know, you planted a church and been real successful and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I, and can I, here's, I still don't. I still don't. But, but I couldn't leave that on the table. I couldn't live my life. And I couldn't still stay in the same mode day after day <clears throat> without taking up and taking a step of faith. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And it's interesting because if you ask people in here, there is no one more different than myself and Lynn Hudson. We're the odd couple. That's who we are. But we do have one thing in common. Long before we planted the church, Lynn took a step of faith and was living in another town and he quit his job to basically quit a job, a very successful job, a very secure job to move back to his hometown and for he and his wife to do a business together out of their home. And he gave up a large income to do that. By faith, he did that. And he came back here and he had no idea that all of the things that he had done in the past all of the things he had done in the past were going to be used in this way. And so he took a step of faith and he stepped out. And when we planted the church, he took a step of faith. And I said, dude, you know, uh, I don't know that we're going to be able to pay me. Uh, we for sure are not going to be able to pay you. He said, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. And he did that for eight months. He took a step of faith to do that. Because he said, I've always, since giving my life to Christ, I've always thought I'd like to do this. 
and I want to take a chance. And I said, you know what? I, I have to be a lead pastor at some point in my life. And I don't know if there's a church crazy enough to hire me. And so I want to, there doesn't need to be an amen, by the way. I don't know who said that, but <laughs> whatevs. Anyway, it was a joke. <clears throat> anyway. But I knew what I wanted, and I knew I didn't want to spend 10 or 15 years trying to convince people to change in a church. I wanted something to be genuine. And so we both stepped out, and it's been worth it. If I had any message for you today on this sixth anniversary is this. If at the end of the day, it's all been worth it. It has. But the other thing I want to tell you is this. Don't waste your life. If God's put something deep down in your heart, take a step out and trust Him. You'll see that He is who He says He is. Happy birthday, Real Church. Let's pray. Lord, we love You and we thank You and we praise You for who You are. Lord, we thank You that You love us so much that you watch over and guide and protect us. Lord, we thank you that you love us so much that you do things that we can't understand, that you do things that we don't quite comprehend. And so God, right now, my prayer is, is that we would embrace the life that you want us to live, that we would not, that we would not languish, but that we would dive into headfirst the, the river of the Holy Spirit just guiding our lives day in and day out. Lord, I can't tell you how much we love you and we thank you and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and sing for our final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.